of sap in here. Mm. <coughs> looks great. Little full, a lot of sap. and the nerds who haunted themselves. I'm Stuart Moraine, and each episode I'm joined by a guest to talk about a movie they love and see where the conversation takes us from there. This episode, to bring our Christmas season to a close, I'm joined again by I Am Zoo artist and my nerds who haunted themselves co-host Andy Hanks as we discuss one of our favourite Christmas movies, 1989's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Whether you're a regular listener or joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoyed the film talk and, as always, and if you feel like doing so, you can keep the conversation going in the comments on our socials, in the And Why Not Facebook group, or wherever you see this episode posted. And now, with an advance warning on spoilers and all that introduction stuff out of the way, let's roll the trailer. Tis the season to be jolly, After vacationing across America and throughout Europe, this holiday season, the Griswolds are going to play it safe. They're staying at home. I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Hope you're not getting sap all over your sweater, Clark. All Clark wants is a quiet, old-fashioned Christmas. Sorry. Got a little knot here. We can work on that. What he's going to get is the gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. His family. We didn't come to impose. <laughs> oh, hell, there's plenty of room. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Have you got a kiss for me? <laughs> eh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus they ain't identified yet. But no holiday could ever be more deeply touching. We were gonna call, but... Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> ah, we're really gonna fly down the hill with this stuff. So genuinely moving. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. More truly uplifting. Can I show you something? I was just blouse browsing. Or more down to earth. If Santa is smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap. Then Christmas with the Griswolds. Everybody come out quick, look at the lights! They want you to say grace. I pledge allegiance to the flag. The United States of America. This year, let Chevy Chase light up your holidays. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That thing had nine lives. She just spent them all. <laughs> you woo, crack up. Hello, Andy. How are you? Hello, mate. I am fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm all right. I am ticking on in the festive mood, even though we're slightly out of the festive month when we record this. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I haven't got Christmas here yet, so it's going to be a bit odd talking about my favorite christmas movie and it not being christmas but we'll see because i'm doing these christmas specials i've had to force myself to be a bit christmasy because i've obviously done <laughs> batman returns already we did the three santa movies as a special is that what is that why you've uh, you've dyed your beard by no that's just age oh is it 
That's age and stress. Oh, I see. <laughs> that's not my beard. That's my pubes. No, no, no. Comb them up. Comb them up. <laughs> well, yeah, I like to get the whole chest hair thing going on. Connected the two. <laughs> if I look up too quickly, it's it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we went off the rails already. Uh, it didn't take long. Is that a record? I think that is a record. Mm. Uh, anyway, how's things with you? <laughs> Tired and long. It's, uh, it's that time routine-y. of year, isn't it? It is, mate. Uh, routine but not too bad. There are worse things going on in the world than what's going on in my life, so uh, you can't really complain. Yeah. How's life in the uh, world of I Am Zoot? Uh, nice. Um, I've actually cut down on my commissions on, on my commission taking, um, just because I knew what it did to me last time, and I was just overloaded and I was panicking about it. So I've got a few odd um, dogs and everything. Um, and, and yeah, uh, there is something interesting, and I will announce it on here actually. But um, there, and I'll, I'll probably tell you a bit more later. I don't know if I told you this before, but. Um, uh, hopefully, there might be a little bit more Springworth coming yes. in the near future. Yeah, which that's I'm excited cool. about. Yeah, that's in the pipeline. Um, and yeah, I just I've decided I've got I need to draw more for myself. Yeah. Um, uh, I've decided my next, my third, the fourth, crikey, fourth robot sketchbook uh, will be all my digital paintings. Cool. So I'm working on them at the moment. Um, I don't know if you saw, I posted one the other week of a, like a pink bunny robot thing. Yes. It'll be more of those, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's nice. I, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy it a little bit more. Now That's that good. I haven't got the, yeah, you know, now that I haven't got the, the stress. Thank you very much. Well, now, now you've got a little upstart. Nipping at your heels and threatening to take business away from you, I suppose. I know. Even his characters are very similar to my characters. <laughs> He's uh, yeah. So, so I'll say I'll, I'll say. Um, so yeah, your your son was child very two. kind. Child two uh, was very kind to do me a commission because he started his own little little art business. Um, and typically, as all artists, he charges way too little. And he charges five pence. Um, so yeah, I, I am paying a little bit more. But yeah, it's pretty he's drawn Zoot for me, which is my character, and it's absolutely brilliant. Jack asked him for a freebie. He was like, Can you do me a stickman Elvis? He was like, for free. And Daniel turned around and went, Well, I could do it for free, but it won't be any good. <laughs> oh my god. So he's already in that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. taking this exposure bullshit. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Bless him. No. <laughs> and the thing is, it, I, I mean, not to say that, but his stuff's good. It, 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 honestly, because every time I come around yours, he, he will come up to you with his little book, and his little sketchbook, yeah. and he'll sit down with me, and we'll go through the sketches. I, I, I love I, the enthusiasm he's got, and that you know, it's just because he labels all of his. He, or he's a, he does character design, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And tell um, the story for each character, like what they're about. He's come up with. He's come up with a little story in his head, what each character does and his name, and this character is friends with this character, and that character goes with this character. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Lesson. I'm, I'm trying, like I say, trying to encourage him as much with it as possible because it's just awesome to see him doing something that isn't watching YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. 
encourage him until like in five, ten years' time when he suddenly realised, oh my God, he's better than me. And then you suddenly all the paper and pens got the house. I realised that ages ago. <laughs> but to be honest, I was tempted to pass some of his off as my own. But yeah, yeah, no, I did that. A bit like when I cover your table at cons. Like, yeah, it's all yeah. me. <laughs> Till they asked me how I do it, and I'm like, control, alt, C. <laughs> F1. <laughs> but, yeah, you say that though, but now that you're you're into your digital art, your your actual digital painting on the Wacom, you suddenly realise it's not quite as easy as that, which is quite nice of you. And nice, to, it's quite because you know having all these years of being frustrated with you, just oh, it's the computer, having people say, you know, it's digital art, it's not real art. I've never said it's and not then, real art. I'm not. No, I'm, not I'm, you. There wasn't you. It was people at <laughs> conventions. You know. Oh, can you actually draw as well? You know that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, hmm. And you know, I yeah. even I even use layers now because well, I'm constantly yeah. drawing on the wrong fucking layer. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Well, because of the pain, you're a real artist now. As um as um as Dan, do you to whack on yet? Uh, he uses it sometimes. Mm. Uh, does he often. like it? Um, yeah, he does. But, um, I think he prefers doing it in his sketchbook. Yeah. But, yeah, no, he, he does enjoy it. It's, uh, it's, say, it's just because my Wacker must be hooked up to the laptop. I really need to get just a tablet. Yeah. Because it's such a faff. Well, it's not a faff. It takes like five seconds, but it feels like mm. a faff. Unplug that, plug that in, plug that in. The system I got set up at the moment is fantastic because if I'm downstairs or whatever, I can draw on my iPad. And then because I use Adobe, uh, I use the Adobe Suite, um, it's got online storage. So I can save it, then go upstairs, turn on my Mac, and then it basically appears on my screen as I left it. That's, that's cool. really good. Yeah, that's cool. That's very handy. But, but anyway, enough of this arty drawing nonsense. Uh, we we have we have a Christmas film to talk about. We have the we Christmas film to talk about. I agree. Arguably, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So a little bit of information on the film, uh, written by John Hughes, directed by Jeremiah S. Uh, Chick, uh, the man who later went on to direct the Avengers movie, the Steed and Peel one, not the uh, Marvel. <laughs> one. I was about to say, really. Um, <laughs> Starring Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Randy Quaid with Juliette Lewis and John Galicki. Uh, released in cinemas on the 1st of December 1989 in the US. We didn't get it until the 12th of November 1990 when it had its UK video premiere. Um, I think really? it then got released cinema? in December in the okay. cinema after it had been out on video, but I think that was just like a limited small oh. scale release. Um, it grossed $74,382,088 million worldwide on an estimated budget of 28 million according to imdb and uh, roger ebert gave the film two stars out of four saying the movie is curious in how it comes uh how close it comes to delivering on its uh, material sequence after sequence seems to contain all the necessary material to be well on the way towards a payoff and then it somehow doesn't work um after and then after a pretty successful run of finding Barry Norman reviews, we again come up lacking for this episode, uh, which isn't really that surprising because it didn't get a video release, so or it got a video release, sorry, rather than a cinematic one. So Barry Norman wouldn't have reviewed it. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much that information on it. Um, 
Roger Ebert was a little bit warmer on the film than Gene Siskel was, who hated it. Um, I can see why I think as a film, it's not a great film. I think as what it is, it's fucking great. Like I said, it's one of those, it's, it's not a great film if you actually start to dissect it as a film, but as a Christmas comedy, it's fucking great. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll I agree. get into that a bit more in a bit. Um, so sort of then kicking it off, what are your memories of first seeing the film? So I watched this film. I seem to remember watching this film in school. I got a feeling it was, do you remember Mrs. Carter? Yes. The, the science teacher. Yeah. I've got, so we had it, we were, it was like one of the last days or something and we didn't have less, we just, she just put a film on and then walked out the room and it was this film. And we were all kind of, oh my God, it's not swearing in it, you know. And, and yes, so it, the first time I watched it was in science class. And um, then I remember going to the video shop and seeing it in there and, in and, and renting it a couple of times, I think it was. Um, but it was one of those films where, it was quite unknown. I'd seen it, but no, no one else knew about it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's getting a bit more popular now, isn't it? Yeah. But um, it's a little bit of a, I class it as a little bit of an underrated movie. Um, yeah. As an, you know, unknown kind of, it, yeah, it, it is my, I, I tend to, I watch it every year, usually when I'm wrapping presents. And um, I mean, my you know, it's a me movie. My wife doesn't is a fan of it. No, mine neither. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's a comfortable movie because you know exactly what's going to happen. You know, and um, I've currently got it, and I'm watching it now. And um, the ice has just shattered the window, and um, Elaine from Seinfeld is about to come out. Yeah, we talked about it on the Santa episode that. Like the best Christmas movies are almost to a point films you can put on in the background mm-hmm. and sort of ignore kind of thing. So you they're things you put on while you're wrapping presents or putting the tree up and that. You've seen them so often that you can just sort of like you get briefly distracted by a bit and then you go back to your wrapping, then you get distracted again when he goes down the sleigh or Yeah. Go sledging or whatever. Um for me, I obviously wasn't in your science group at school. Um, yeah. I can't remember what film we watched that year. Um, I know we watched Batman Returns, as I mentioned on that episode in school, and we yeah. watched the Bodyguard one Christmas in school. <coughs> Did um, you watch Dirty Dancing school once? Didn't you tell um, me that? The cookery teacher was a massive Swayze fan. I'm sure she yeah. put it on for like one lesson. I think you could watch that. Mm. Or you could go in another room and knob about. <laughs> it was that time of year where teachers just like, I don't give a fuck what you do. I just don't want you here. <laughs> <laughs> either watch this film or piss off over there um, quality um, yeah this is one of the, my dad was a massive Chevy Chase fan so this there's a lot of films Chevy Chase films that I obviously saw that just seemed to appear I don't know when I first saw them they just always seem to have been there it's like this is one of those films that if somebody said even though I know, you know, I was too young because it came out in 89 that I watched it when I was five years old. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. Just feels like it's been part of my life forever kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and yeah, then it sort of, I didn't watch it for a while and then I rediscovered it 
because you know you hit that certain age you're just like christmas whatever no you're absolutely right yeah and then yeah i sort of rediscovered it with christmas movies and that and i've gradually grown to love christmas movies more and more because i just fucking since having kids as well i think that was a big thing for loving christmas again and there's kind of that even though it all goes horribly wrong in this film that really nice idea of just a christmas vacation where all the family come the, the reality of it is a fucking nightmare. I mean, it's not great in this film, to be fair, but that, <laughs> I was gonna basic, say, that basic quite, romantic idea that he has. It's quite realistic, really. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, like I say, this film is a series of like festive comedy sketches strung together with a very loose plot. Oh, yeah. Having that there, perfect family Christmas and getting your bonus. I mean, there isn't a plot, is there, really? There's a one, no, that's what I mean. It's, thing. Yeah. it's like one bit of strings holding it all together. It's like Christmas lights. Mm. Yes, but like really cheap ones you bought from the pound shop. Yeah, literally, I'm literally on that bit now where he's put all the where it's not working and he can't work out when lights not working. I can relate to his frustration in that mm. beating the shit out of the Christmas ornaments. It's <laughs> like I get the same when it's like I know something somewhere but I can't find it. It's that sort of frustration, isn't it? or that you spent ages yeah. doing something and it just does not fucking work. <laughs> it's yeah. Fucking. So, I mean, I love the animation starting right at the beginning. I love the animation at the beginning of this film. Yeah. Um, it kind of harkens back to the Pink Panther days of like a mini cartoon in your opening credits. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's, yeah, and the music as well. The the, the little um, who sings that song. Is, is that anyone? I don't think it or? is. I've looked it up before, and I because it's like obviously the main vacation theme was Lindsay and Buckingham, wasn't it? It was, yeah. From Fleetwood Mac, but yeah, I'm not yeah. sure with this one. I remember doing or being at the Christmas fate at or Christmas fair at the primary school that my kids go to, or Dan goes to now, um, and um, they were playing the song on their playlist there. But, oh wow! Because it's I don't I don't think I've ever seen the soundtrack available to buy. Yeah, there's Spotify playlists and the like for it. Yeah, you could probably YouTube it, but it's weird. Do you think things like that'd get a regular re-release at Christmas, like the Muppets Christmas Carol one does? Hmm. But because it's got some awesome Christmas music in it. Yeah, it does. Um, but yeah, um, and then we uh obviously open with forced Carol singing in the car on the trip to get. The- Tree. Have you ever done the road trip to get a live Christmas tree? I've I think it's more of an American thing, but I haven't. I don't yeah. see the point. No, no nothing uh, about them appeals. Um, no, absolutely. They, you know, that they, they smell, they sap, they, they, all the bits fall off, and then you're going to get rid of it. Yeah, and hoover all the shit out of your carpet. It's bad enough yeah. for the plastic ones where the shit falls. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but, um, so no, I've never done it. Like I say, I think it's more like that American fantasy kind of thing, isn't it? Mm. Well, not fantasy, because they do do it, but what's the word I'm looking for? Idealised American so, sort of um, Christmas thing. Yeah, that's their stereo, Christmas stereotype, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, um, that's one for Christmas movies, and seemingly Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve seems to be another one in... Late at night? Yeah. Yeah, so it's dark outside. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which... Um, is, is also I don't, strange, they, if, I don't know if they combine Thanksgiving with Christmas in movies, you know, because 
No, um, they tend to run them as separate things, don't they? I think they have like. Well, I don't know. I not don't know any Americans to ask. I should find some. Another thing, another movie cliche as well is putting up the decorations on Christmas Eve. Yeah, they don't seem to do that in this one, though, do they? It's no, not in this. There's, one, there's, there's no, no clear time frame of when how much time oh, no. passes in this. Oh no, there is because you've got the other calendar. Yeah, but then it's like you don't know which days. It seems to be oh, wait, a couple of days yeah, of him at work, yeah. and then it seems to be weekends. But you've got no yeah. real indication of how long the fam is there. Um, so I remember that I was remembering my head the them going to the advent calendar more, but it's not. It's like two mm. or three times in it. Yeah, I think possibly it the first door and definitely the twenty fourth. There's possibly one yeah. or two in the middle. Yeah, but I mean, like I say, that sort of works with the series of sketches strung together. So you get the dad putting up the lights. I love the little stuff in his office. Again, that's one of those weird movie nondescript jobs that clearly pays well, but you don't know what he does exactly. Yeah, absolutely. What is it? It's a food additive. Yeah, he's in the uh, the food division or whatever the company does. I yeah. do love that bit with his where he does Merry Christmas to his boss and the first couple of people following in, he's like, kiss my ass, yeah. kiss his ass. <laughs> That's right. His boss, of course, played by... Bill Murray's brother. Doyle? Um, Doyle? Brian Doyle Murray. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. The National Lampoon's vacation movies are weird because they're sort of sequels, but... They're not because obviously mm-hmm. Rusty's younger again now. Um, oh yeah, because is Rusty older in the first one? I think he's older in the first one. Then he's younger. Yeah, the ages um, go all over the place. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're spiritual sequels more than anything. The same characters, but yeah, very. I mean, he's a te- he's a teenager in Vegas because he can drive. But yeah, I mean, the the main thing of this is the um, Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo. That's that's what you're coming back for. And those two are great together. I love how Ellen just like <laughs> tries to talk Clark out of his bullshit and is just like, I'll just go along with it. <laughs> um but yeah, I love the, there's deleted scenes from this film that I've never seen because there's one that shows you how they get the tree out of the ground after he's taken it and not taken a saw. Oh, doesn't it rip the bumper off? Doesn't they try to drag it out with the car? And it, and I then... think so, yeah. But there, yeah. there is actually deleted scenes that show it. Oh, okay. And it's just, yeah. But I mean, they, they trek out a long fucking way. That's a way to take the car, isn't it? Because half of their bodies are under snow at one point. Yeah. I mean, it, this isn't a film to start applying logic to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. Um, <laughs> I think Chevy Chase is like at his best in this film. There's, mm. there's something endearing about the Clark Riddle character in that he's a traditionalist. He's a family man. He just wants a good old-fashioned family Christmas. But he's also a lecherous fucking... You, you're never sure with him. It's like he clearly loves his wife, but at the same time, he'd bang a girl if he could get away with it. Oh, blind bloody hell, yeah. Yeah, you know. There's a, there's a weird juxtaposition fantasies. to his character, isn't there? Yeah. It's a, yeah, his fantasies of um, very big-boobed women... Is it the same woman from the first one driving the Ferrari? Is that no, the same that's, woman had... no, that was Billy Joel's wife. Um, oh, was it really? Or his wife at the time, whatever the model's mm. name was, the one from Uptown Girl. Mm. 
Um, yeah, I, I can't remember her name. Christine Blink Brinkley, something like that. I can't remember her name. It's not the mm. one that used to be on the one show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that weird interaction with the sales girl feels a little bit like Chevy Chase was like, "I want this scene in," and they're like, "Yeah, right." Because <laughs> it, oh, it yeah. feels really weird and out of place. Where Rust, where Rusty comes up. And... Yeah, yeah I, I just want to look at the girl's side ass. Can we get that in the film <laughs> somewhere? I'm not saying that is. Like, it just it? it just feels <laughs> like that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, I watch this film every Christmas. It tends to be a mm. Christmas Day film for me, even though the film ends before Christmas Day. Or, you know, on the cusp of yeah. Christmas Day. It ends on Christmas Eve, doesn't it? Yeah, Christmas. but it's, there's just something about this film I love. There's so many great... Chevy Chase's rants are amazing. Mm. The one that ends in, you know, where's the Tylenol? Is a superb <laughs> bit of comic delivery. Yeah. Just that whole thing of getting yourself so worked up and out of breath and pissed off. <laughs> and and then he's got his, you know, when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down the chimney, he's going to find the happiest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse, or the jelliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. <laughs> Just those two iconic bits. There's a lot of slapstick comedy in this as well, compared to the other Lampoon's films. Mm. I suppose the second one, you kind of have the slapstick stuff with Eric Idle continually getting knocked off his bike. Yeah. Um, but this is my fault. No problem. This one, like where he keeps treading on the loose loft boards. Yes. Although um, in my just, head, just all I hear is every time one hits him in the face, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just watching side, the old... side show Bob with a rake smacking <laughs> him in the face. <laughs> yeah. Where he's watching the old movie and See, um, she opens the loft and he falls through. That bit, even though you know it's coming, Having seen it so many times, that bit is still played perfectly. You've got, oh, yeah, that, you've got that music, you've got him yeah. just a tear rolling down his face watching it, and <laughs> just the way you, you see her pull the thing, but you, just the way he drops. It's like you know it's coming, it's signposted, but it still works perfectly. <laughs> I will say though, shutting the loft hatch before checking somebody's actually up there is a bit of a fucking prick thing to do, isn't it? Bloody is, isn't it? Yeah. If you were wandering around the house and the loft hatch was open, would you just shut it? <laughs> like, you up there? No, fine. Just going to shut that. Get some peace and quiet, I suppose. <laughs> the, the fucking damage he does to his house. Mm. I must admit, that's one thing at the end when the dog trashes the house. The older I get, the more that pisses me off. <laughs> Partly because the grown-up in me is like, oh, I just have to clean all that shit up. Let alone replace it all. I, I know he gets his bonus, but I love his like boyish optimism about the idea of Christmas as well. Like I say, it's that weird fantasy of the perfect family Christmas. Mm. Like you yeah, see, the proper American fantasy, isn't it? Like like you see in adverts or on Hallmark, they use it a lot in adverts now, don't they? Even the Nintendo Switch one this year is like a family going away together in a house. Yeah, they all bond over Switch. Am I right in talking about the house? This I might be. This might be complete bullshit. But did I read somewhere that this house, the Griswold house, and the Home Alone house are on the same street? No, it's this house and the Murtar house from Lethal Weapon are on the same street. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I knew... that street's also used in One Division. Um, yeah. I think it's used in Small Soldiers and a couple of other films as well. It's basically a part of Is the Warner Brothers lot. Oh, I see. 
I think Warner's oh, yeah. own that, like built that street set and it gets reused a lot. I think it's used yeah. in the Weapon TV series as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, the Murtar house is a couple of houses away from the uh, the um, Griswold house. Uh, okay. That's an impressive yeah. house, isn't it? I mean, it takes a fucking beating. Pretty much every oh. window's broken by the end of the film, but yeah, he's got a <laughs> hole in his roof where he slipped through the loft. Yeah, it's had a fire with the Christmas tree set fire. Yeah. See, I'd have tried to get out of that hole I made in the loft. I know the bunk bed's in the way, but there's got to be enough gap to get a human down through it. <laughs> yeah, You've already made the hole, you might as well. <laughs> but again, don't apply too much logic. Um, what do you feel about the Todd and Margot characters? Because they're clearly awful, but do they deserve all the shit they go through in this film? Uh, well, they, yeah, they're typical. I mean, they're, they're the characters that are really brought into hate. Sorry. They're the yuppies. They're, they're very much the, the 80s uh, yuppies. I, I kind of feel oh my like... God. They're, they're almost their sil- a piece of their time. It doesn't really transcend yeah. so much anymore. With, with their silver shell suits. Yeah. And their, uh, their bizarre CD, the record player thingy. And everything. Um, I, it was, I tell you what, it was ages until I realised that was a lady from Seinfeld. Mm. I mean, we're talking like three or four years ago, I realised that was a lady from Seinfeld. That, that, that is a while. Mind yeah. you, when, how long did it, ago did you watch Seinfeld? Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'd be honest. Yeah, two years a, ago. A recent thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was quite a recent thing. It's like you know they're they're awful characters, but and they're clearly snobs about the Griswolds living next door. But I just they haven't done anything bad to the Griswolds, have they? No, and I mean to be fair, he's it, it, I, as much as I love the Hey Griswold, where do you think you're going to put a tree this size? Bend over, and I'll show you. So. Yeah, got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, and that I wasn't talking to you. Like, that line doesn't play quite so well anymore. But <laughs> there's a couple of things that you possibly didn't need the tack on. I think that one would have been funny with just bend over and I'll show you. Mm. Um, and I also really don't think you need the cousin Eddie tag of bingo after the he's gone down in the sledge down the hill. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for one, it makes no sense how the fuck can he see it, but it's just that awful Cousin Eddie. I mean, I'm I'm going to say it now. I fucking hate the Cousin Eddie character. Mm. He was literally, funny enough, he's literally just appeared in the film. <laughs> I've got a note in here of a sudden Randy Quaid is sudden. Yeah. It's, yeah. He's not a funny character. I mean, he has the great line of... <laughs> yeah. But he's just... Uh, I don't know. Don't like him as a character. He's... I don't know. You do kind of tend to like at near the end. You do feel sorry for him when he says that he can't buy presents for his kids and everything. And you know, I think he is. I don't think I hate him as much as you do. See, I feel uh, sorry for the kids. I don't feel sorry for him, especially when he's got yeah. a long fucking list of shit they want, and mm. he's just piling <laughs> yeah. stuff in the car. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I prefer him in this than. Probably in, in Vegas Vacation, he's a bit of a twat. Again, I've I've never seen Vegas Vacation. Yeah. Um, um, he was he was all right in the first Vacation movie because mm. you know it was meant to be that small part. Well, I um, can't really remember the first one. Yeah, they stopped there on the way because I, I got a feeling the daughter's was. Oh, older. of course, don't they? They pick up the grandmother. They pick they? up the grandmother yeah. and the dog. Yeah, of course they do. Like I say he's. He's fine. I, he tends to bother me less certain times I view it 
See, the other thing is with this, we're watching it at the end of November, so I'm not watching it in my usual Christmas slot. Mm. So I'm possibly not looking at it quite so Christmassy, which possibly is a good thing for because I do love this film. I'm not anything I say like minor nitpicks and that sort of thing is to a certain degree devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, like I said, I just got warm, fuzzy memories of watching it. And I don't even think we watched it that often as a kid. I think if it was on mm. telly, we watched it. But sort of by the time it would have been on heavy rotation on telly, would have been my late teens, mm. sort of 14, 15. What would it be? If it came out on video in 90. My dad probably would have rented it from the video shop. That would have been the first time we saw it. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I imagine it probably would have been another couple of years for it to pop up on telly. Because back in the day, you didn't really get it. And then it would have been a big Christmas mainstay on telly for a while. Yeah. Um, it's definitely more popular now than it has ever been. Yeah, it seems to get shown every year now. It's definitely built yeah. up a cult following. And, you know, rightly so. It's weird because there's got to be a lot of people looking at it being kind of like, what the fuck is a shop? <laughs> <laughs> it's like they go Christmas shopping. It's like, really? Where's, why, why aren't Amazon delivering it? It's like the kids <laughs> watching it's a one, Rusty's watching it's a wonderful. I remember that just Christmas holidays, just watching whatever shit was on. I'm not saying it's a wonderful life is shit. It's a wonderful film, mm. um, but just watching whatever crap is on telly during the day, just waiting for Christmas day to roll around. <laughs> <laughs> it's just those, those weird little calm before the storm moments. Um, mm. I love when the family descend. I'm going to say yeah, Ellen's parents do. are dicks. Yeah. No, they really are. The absolute dicks. I love the. Uh, I love his. Don't piss me off. Art at the end after he's had his rant <laughs> with the parents <laughs> are trying to leave, um, and when um he's finally brought them out, the lights are working, and then Art points out that they're not blinking. He's like, "Thanks for pointing that out, Art." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm also confused about who's related to who with regards to oh. Uncle Lewis and Aunt Bethany. Yeah, me too. I always get confused with that because Uncle yeah. Lewis is in Clark's Christmas videos. Yeah. But Aunt Bethany seems to be related to Ellen and her family. Oh. I've never really put two or two together on that. Just the way they mm. she interacts with that family, they're the ones who greet her when she arrives. I mean it's possible and, that they, they met through family and became a couple, but And whose grandmother had died in the first film? I honestly it's been a while since I've watched the first film, so mm. with, I don't know if they picked up Ellen's mother or Ellen's grandmother. Mm. Like I say, these films are very loose as a series. <laughs> yeah. They they play very fast and loose for continuity, which, you know, fair enough. I guess they figured the James Bond films get away with it. So Absolutely. So it's not really about fun. that, is it? It's not really about the continuity, no. is it? Like I say, it's only on multiple viewing that you start wanting to pick holes in certain things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, sort of going back a little bit to Clark's obsession with sexy women his fantasy is very vivid of the girl in the pool yeah <laughs> the, the fact that she goes from co um, cousin Eddie to being her but mm. <laughs> the fact her swimming <laughs> costume hits the window <laughs> yeah. I've never had a fantasy that vivid it's like it's like for a happy family man he really gets into his extramarital fantasies I know that's such a weird out of character thing isn't it yeah, I mean, I suppose in the first I mean, one, it happened. he flirts yeah. with the girl in the car, doesn't he? And then he sees the her Ferrari, at the Ferrari, yeah. Then sees her at the port. And then the second one, 
something similar happens, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a reoccurring thing, isn't it? I honestly can't remember much about the same one. Like I say, it's been years since I watched the first two. I think because I watched this one so regularly. Mm. Um, which which is the one where the Ferrari crashes? Is that is that the remake? That's the, the remake. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you don't get the Clark on the road floating this time. It's him getting into road rage with the truckers behind him, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, ended up under the, the blue truck. Chevy truck. Yeah, the blue Chevy truck. But <laughs> with one of the other things as well is you get the tree, the lot of sap. Is when he's then reading the magazine and he takes the leaflet thing out. Yeah, back to his hand. Is that a gag about him putting sticky shit in magazines or about him being covered in sap? Still, I always thought it was being covered in sap. In sap. I did, but then I think when I was a kid, I was like. Because you remember when you used to get magazines that had those sticky perfume yeah, things in that you yeah, pull yeah, out? Yeah. Like FHM and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was a gag about those as I got a little bit older and realised that that shit was in magazines and, like, you know, <laughs> once you took it out, you could never really open that page again. Yeah. Of what the kind of magazines are you talking about? You know, not not the ones I <laughs> stickied myself. <laughs> not Woman's Own. Yeah. <laughs> Take a break. Oh, I love a crossword. Yeah, yeah. We could, we, oh, good God. <laughs> um, there's some there's some awesome merch in this film. So obviously you've got the Tasmanian Devil mug. Yeah, you must have been able to buy at the uh, Warner Brothers store back in the day. Oh, I, 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 I bet you could. Yeah. Absolutely, or it's very much like it. Although I do find those weird head shaped mugs as cool as they look. I cannot drink a thing out of them. Yeah, no, I've Just, got a spider mug I can't drink out of. I just end up with shit just pouring down me. Mm. It's a, it's it's not a good look for a grown man. Um, <laughs> and obviously you've got the much coveted Wally World moose egg eggnog glasses. Yeah. They must be a bugger to wash up. Yeah, I suppose if you get them in quick and rinse them properly. Mm. You'd have to maybe get a bottle brush or something. But <laughs> how old are we that we're like, I bet they're a nightmare to wash up. <laughs> I know. How bad is that? Tell me you're in your forties without telling me you're in your forties. But yeah, it looks the fun, whole... but it'd be a bitch to clean, wouldn't it? Uh, so the the woolly moose thing. Um, that is, it's a take on Rocky Bullwinkle, isn't it? Is that right? I don't know because it's the Wally World mascot, isn't it? It was just a moose. So I'm guessing it's a take on Mickey Mouse, but instead of Mickey Mouse, it's Mickey Moose or Wally Moose. Oh yeah, because I mean, he looks identical to Bullwinkle. I suppose there's only so many ways you can draw a cartoon moose. So. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I know you can buy those eggnog glasses online, but there seem to be official ones and unofficial ones. Mm. Like I said to you before we started recording, the unofficial ones, the antlers aren't right, and it pisses me off. <laughs> They're so fucking expensive as well. Yeah, it'd be like a stupid spurge if I had like lottery money, but I couldn't just one on my t-shirt. Actually. Um, I couldn't justify buying that. It's really weird. There's not a huge amount of merch for this, or there was merch, but it seems to become unavailable and go stupidly expensive very quickly. I sent to you that, that they brought out um, the Griswold House. Yeah, it's a bit like my uh, Daily Planet, isn't it? But it's the Griswold it. House. Griswold House, which has got some some quite. 
nice little details on it. Yeah. Um, plus, there's an awesome figurine because I think you've got to buy them all separately. There's an awesome figurine of uh, of cousin Eddie with his, you know, with his bit with a beer in his hand and his, his shitter um, pipe and his shitter pipe. Yeah, it's a yeah. I mean, yeah, because I think you can get cousin cousin Eddie's uh Winnebago as well, can't you? Yes, that's right. Yeah, you can. Yeah. It's great. I love, like, like I say, there's so many subtle moments of comedy as well. For all the big moments, there's little subtle ones as well. I love, like, mm. I love his delivery after he's got the squirrel out of the house and it's attacked Elaine from Seinfeld with the dog. And he just shuts the door. He goes, "Gone." <laughs> Deliver that line, great. Like I say, I love Beverly D'Angelo. I love when the SWAT team break in, tell them to freeze, and she's holding his crotch. <laughs> and then his boss's wife comes in she shakes her hand and then puts her hand back on his crotch as it was when the police told <laughs> I've never noticed break. that I have not noticed that great little like I say she's I guess when you're in a Chevy Chase film it's easy to be overlooked but she's great in it as just like the yeah. little you know the put upon wife who loves her husband unconditionally but at the same time like, I can't I've got to put up with this shit <laughs> but just lets him get on with it because she knows it's going to be easier um, <laughs> Juliet Lewis is great as well. I, I like, yeah. the, I love how she plays like stroppy teenager, but she also stands up for her dad when Ellen's father's picking on her, picking on him mm. about the lights. Uh, you know, like he worked really hard on it. And all that. Like I say, that's another thing. Ellen's parents are dicks. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and obviously, uh, Johnny Galicki from Big Bang Theory. Pains you to say that. Pains it? me to say it. Pains me to say it, but that's where the kids are going to know him from. Um, he he's got some great bits as well. I love when he gets handed the uh, lights. He's like, you know, well that one's a bit knotted, and he's got a massive ball of it. <laughs> look on his face. It's great. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I say, it's I love the stuff in the office as well. I think that was real. Like I say, it's that weird. When he, when he walks into the boardroom to give his boss a present and it's yeah. quite clear in the background, there's identical presents in exactly yeah. the same shape in the background, whatever that is. I love his boss is where he's like, his boss reads, he's like, I can't reach bother. I'm in the middle of an important call. Like, get me someone. Anybody. Yeah, anyone. And get me somebody <laughs> while I'm waiting. Yeah. Um, that's, like I say, that's great. I mean, it, it plays into that whole fantasy of the Christmas bonus <laughs> that, that could buy you a swimming pool. It's it's weird, like I say, it was a bit close to reality with the CEO screwing over his uh, employees, you know, when he should be rewarding them at the end of the year, but instead giving them a Jello of the Month Club or Jelly of the Month Club, whichever it was. Was it pudding, um, was it put, pudding of the Month Club? No, it's Jelly or Jello. Is it Jelly? Oh, okay, fair enough. I'm not sure it's jelly, so as in jam for Americans, or jello as in, mm. you know, what we call jelly. Mm. Weird, isn't it? Ain't we? We have jam, mm. they have it jelly. We have jelly, they call it jello. <laughs> Just weird little differences, like pants and pants. Um, because they open up a jello, don't they, as one of the presents from the grandmother. Yeah, that's got something. Like weird green. Yeah. That, that disaster of a. Uh, <laughs> The, the acting of people trying to eat dry turkey. <laughs> that, trying to wash that it down. One my, that's absolutely one of my favourite scenes. 
um, because it looks the total looks so amazing. Um, oh, it does. Know? It looks then, like the kind they photograph for a Christmas card. Yeah, it does, and it's just it's the way it opens, and then yeah, you get the initial puff of smoke, and then the gas yeah. comes out of it, and then he's like, "Oh, there's the heart." <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Fucking uh, cousin Eddie with his save me the neck. Ah, oh. <laughs> I love the thing with the squirrel as well. It was like, where's Eddie? Doesn't he usually eat these things? He's like, he, he not anymore. He found that they were high in cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chevy Chase's reaction as well when uh cousin Eddie's like, you surprised to see me? If I woke up with my head sewn to the carpet, I couldn't be more surprised. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you what this film puts me off the idea of ever wanting to fucking put lights all over my house oh yeah yep shit was full have you ticked our shit to Sammy (laughs) (laughs) when the Christmas tree goes up that's another reason Mm. not to have a not that I know anybody that smokes in my house Mm. or smokes in general but when the Christmas tree goes up, just that. <laughs> of course, yeah, because the Christmas tree goes up, but before that, they electrocute the cat, don't they? Yeah, because the cat's eating the uh, lights under the chair. Lights, yeah, that's it. Because he yeah goes out and cuts down another tree, doesn't he? And that's the one that's got the squirrel on it. Of course, it is. Because even though I watch this every year, I always forget that they go and get. So I'm like, where's the squirrel bit? It's like the tree's yeah. gonna. I was like, no, yeah, that's right. He goes out and cuts down another one. He, he just just as Todd and Margo are uh, talking about getting a Christmas tree and one smashes through their window. Yeah. I love that exchange better. after their stereo has been destroyed. She's like, and why is the floor wet, Todd? Like, I don't know, Margo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just that kind of, like I say, those two don't deserve everything they get. They're clearly obnoxious and snobby towards because, you know, it's a nice street. I imagine, you know, Clark seems to mm. have a decent job. They seem like a decent family. They're just followed by chaos. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's, the, it's the 80s. Again, it's a stereotype, isn't it? It's the 80s thing about you know, the, the yuppies. Yeah, now it'd the, be... The snobbiness, and, you know. Now it'd be like, you know, burlap wearing hipsters next door, wouldn't it? Who don't believe in Christmas, because it's... That, that would be the modern equivalent, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely would be. Yeah. Um, um, one scene I do absolutely love is I love the bit where after Clark's had his rant, where his dad goes to talk to him. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful scene. Where he's mm. like, you know, are you going to read the night uh, towards the night before Christmas? And he's like, no, I'm retiring. That's your job now. It's just just a really nice little scene. He's like, how did you get through Christmases, Dad? And he's like, well, I had a lot of help from Jack Daniels. <laughs> Which, as you grow older, you can kind of think like. Yeah, actually, no, I, I kind of remember yeah, I my parents that. possibly drinking a bit more at Christmas. <laughs> it's just, like I say, it's it's heightened, but it plays into all those nostalgic memories you have of Christmas as a kid. Mm. Beyond The only thing you don't ever really see is Christmas present opening. You know, you don't, do you? It's a very good point. You see them buying gifts, you see gifts getting hidden around the house, but... yeah. It's, usually, it's I mean, never about the commercialism of Christmas. It is about the family thing. Yeah, and the food. Yeah, you don't see them, the kids sitting on the floor by the Christmas tree ripping up presents. You probably wouldn't in British TV programmes or movies, but you wouldn't in American ones. 
Yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd have the you'd have the, the gift exchange of the husband to the wife, wouldn't you? And she'd do like a, you know, a, a jewelry or something. You'd have that, but yeah, yeah. It's uh, like I said, it was just you know, especially in the eighties commercialism era. But again, there's not yeah. a lot of product placement in this film either, like you'd find well, now in Christmas movies. Not from Tasmania Devil. Yeah, but that's just you know Warner Brothers, <laughs> Warner Brothers property yeah. anyway, isn't it? Again, the the big product placement is your um, Wally World Moosehead mugs. Yeah, yeah. Which don't exist in, or you know, didn't exist in real life at the time. It's a it's weird to look back on a film now and be like, it's weird. There's no product placement in this. There's no scene of the kids ripping open a PlayStation, not PlayStation. They're not even a thing. A PlayStation still a thing? Yeah, PlayStation Five. Yeah. Or you know, anything like that. There's no zoom in on a Nokia camera or (laughs) (laughs) I love the weird assortment of stuff he's got in his loft as well whose clothes were they obviously they've got the old film cans in so you assume it's like a dead relative or something but it's like why did you keep that that's weird (laughs) it looks like Aunt Beth in his clothes but then there's that bizarre round window at the end that looks like some out of the Goonies yeah I do like that little bit of thing about he doesn't know which way to look through it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's your, your classic um, Chevy Chase little bit of yeah. detail, isn't it? And just um, It's weird the way he sort of brings his head back in as well. <laughs> the tiny little thing, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, I love the SWAT team at the end as well. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I'm not sure why they need to break into next door beyond just adding one extra beat to it. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that didn't even... Because she's yeah. like, if you want to come in, you're going to have to break down that goddamn door and then the SWAT team kick it in. <laughs> and then, like I say, the SWAT team break every remaining house in that window, which, given that some of them must have been repaired just... Yeah. <laughs> they're going to have a cold-ass Christmas in that house because all their windows have been kicked in. <laughs> yeah. Drop the jello mould. <laughs> <laughs> I love the police captain when he finds out that he didn't give the staff a Christmas bonus. If I had a rubber hose, I'd beat you myself. <laughs> uh, but, even the boss's wife, is it? Even she's, you know, oh, you didn't. I know. Like I say, I've got that as a note, given everything I'm going through with work at the moment. Well, you're not just me personally, but, you know, mm. you know, CEO changes his mind about screwing over his employees, the magic of movies. Yeah. <laughs> Again, in this sort of that greed is good era of the late eighties. I know it was eighty nine, so it was sort of on the cusp. But even then, it's very much about you know the little man over big business. Mm. Given that it was all about you know, I suppose that was represented with Todd and Margot, the yuppie greed, the you know, fancy stereo, and the nice minimalist house which looks weirdly futuristic mm. and it's, it's a death trap if the lights go out after you've been blinded <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, what do you think of the scene with the sled where he's uh, putting the stuff from work on it I mean obviously it's ridiculous and cartoonish and it's played out yeah. like a Looney Tunes cartoon you know, when you said a minute ago about when Uncle Eddie says bingo, but how can you say bingo because you couldn't possibly see where? I never realised that before. And I've just seen the scene. 
And you're right. It's like, it's, well, it's on, not that that's the reason I think it should go. I just don't think you need it. I think you just, the reaction shot of them was fine. You didn't need him going, bingo. Yeah. Unless that was like some weird cultural reference at the time in America that I don't get. Like when yeah. Scary Movie had the What's Up thing in it before we got the Budweiser adverts. Oh, of course. Yeah. So nobody knew what the fuck that was. <laughs> Hang on, here we go with the turkey. Wait a second. Yay, the turkey. Um, but it's uh, again that the, the the sled thing is very much a. It's got nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. It's it's literally a sketch. Yeah, it's plugged in there, isn't it? There's no other reason for it. It's never no you know, noted again. It's never you know. There's no callbacks to it. Yeah, that's another one of those weird sort of memories you have of doing stuff at Christmas with family, but mm. probably didn't actually do it at Christmas. But you sort of in your head, it all mashes together into that little season. So we always used to go bowling at Christmas, but it was always after mm. Christmas, between, between Christmas and New Year. But it always feels like something that happened in Christmas. Yeah, I suppose it is in that period, but it's weird how it all just feels like it happens over a really short space of time. Um, now this film, it goes from like you know fairly grounded comedy to out and out full on Looney Tunes comedy. Oh yeah, especially at the end for the SWAT team. Yeah, uh, like I say that the sledging scene seems to be the. Uh, most out there bit. Yeah. Uh, I do like Cousin Eddie's thing about his plastic thing in his head. And he didn't want it to get dented because it'll make his hair he'll have this bit in his hair. It's not that it'll fucking kill him or anything. It's just his hair would never look right on that side. <sighs> hey. If any of you are looking for any last minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? So, sort of, what are your favourite bits in the film? So, uh, so okay, in no particular order. I said I love I love the turkey. I think that's fantastic. Um, uh, and then just where it all kind of comes to pass at the end, I think you know the cat gets electrocuted. That's just about to happen now, actually. Um, I, I don't know. I think. I, I like Clark as a character. I think I do. I you do sympathise with him. He wants this, you know, lovely. Yeah, he wants this fantasy Christmas, as we've discussed, and it all starts to go down. You know, it doesn't get control of it. It all starts to fall apart. Anyway, it's not because of him. And um, I, I think it'd be established the, the, the scenes where Clark's happy. You know, the. the yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, that kind of thing. I quite like those scenes, you know, where he's um, where we find these scenes, all the lights are on, and then he's happy for a split second yeah. till he realizes that cousin Eddie stood next to him, you know. Um, the, the scene with him and cousin Eddie's daughter is really nice as well. After yeah, he's had the yeah, pool fantasy, lovely. and then after he's had the pool fantasy, she thinks he's Santa Claus. That's lovely, uh, and the bit when um. The the Christmas bonus finally arrives. He hasn't opened it yet, and he's yeah. saying, "Okay, we're getting the pool. We're putting in the pool." Yeah, 
I do love cousin, cousin Eddie's thing. Of that. You know, that's the gift that keeps on giving. For somebody who doesn't like Cousin Eddie, there's a lot of Cousin Eddie bits in this. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's also the Randy Quaidness of Cousin Eddie now as well that kind of ruins him a little bit more. Yeah. What with him, you know, going off the reservation, as it were. Mm. Allegedly, for the benefit of lawyers. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for me, the one that always stuck in my mind, because, my again, it was because my dad loved that bit so much, is the bit in the loft. Just the payoff mm. for it, despite Roger yeah. Ebert saying about you know, there's a lot of you know it's got a lot of material in it that doesn't seem to build to anything. The payoff of that scene is worth it. Yeah, just the way he fucking is in tears and he just drops. Like I say, you see it coming. <laughs> even having seen it this many times and knowing it's what happens, mm. it's still hilarious. And then as I got older, I loved the rants. Like I say, the yeah. where's the one that ends with where's the tone and all that's great. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it's it's such a short, it's a nice short film. It moves at a really brisk pace. It's, it's one of those films that you're like, oh, we're at this bit, shit, it's nearly over. Yeah, absolutely. I was, yeah, it's, it's like one of those ones that it's nearly over. It's pretty much over before you realise and going. It's an ideal one for wrapping Christmas presents. Mm. <laughs> Till you realise that you've only wrapped three presents and you've still got a pile to go. Okay. <laughs> But it's action packed as well. I mean, it's one thing after another after another. It's not slow. It's you know what I mean. It doesn't plot. What's it? The advantage of it not really having a plot is there's no plot to slow it down. Yeah. There's true. there's there's a couple of bits I could take or leave that don't really need to be in there. But at the same time, I quite enjoy them. So yeah, they they, they still entertain me even if they don't amuse me. Um, like I say, I I could leave out the interaction with the sales girl. That scene, that it seems to have no purpose whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, quite. It just said it goes against the rest of the film with this family, man. Yeah, like that's always been the weird juxtaposition with the Clark Griswold character is that he is this traditional family man, but I suppose yeah. it's exploring that thing of you know he's been in this loving relationship for so long and he mm. fantasizes or. I don't know. It it just adds a weird lechiness to him. Yeah. It doesn't play as well now as it probably used to in the 80s where you had to have a hot girl scene. Yeah. And that's not true. to say Beverly D'Angelo isn't hot. I'm not saying that at all. She is fucking great in this. Um, yeah. I say the cast is all great in this. Um, yeah. So we sort of touched on it a little bit. There is a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, and there is obviously Vegas Vacation, mm. which I don't know if actually. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2 is actually a National Lampoon's. Let me just double check that. Vegas Vacation isn't a National Lampoon's, is it? Yeah. Um, it's Caddyshack isn't a, isn't it a is National Lampoon's. Lampoon's. It is a National Lampoon's, but I don't... Or I think, no, it's, it's not an official National Lampoon's. I know it was by the, by the same guys, but... It's, yeah, it's it like Harold Rainer's one, isn't it? That's it. It hasn't got National Lampoon's before in the title, has it? Uh, no, no. I think it's like, like I say, an unofficial one. I think it is them, but um, yeah. So, so Christmas Vacation Two, cousin, Ed, cousin Eddie's Island Adventure is a National Lampoon's film, um, and it actually brings back the original Audrey. Yes. It's, okay. It's the only and Eric Idle in it as well as English victim. So I'm assuming possibly the same character. Uh, yeah, Dana oh, Marion yeah, comes back be. as Audrey Griswold from the original. Um, okay, if you, we'll tell you what, right? If you Google what Dana Barry, um, 
what she looks like, the, the original Audrey. And then you look at a picture of Mauser from Police Academy 2. It's the same person. Is it? They look so, they're not the same person. They look so similar to me. Okay. I've always thought that. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> so, have you ever seen Vegas Vaca- uh, Christmas Vacation 2? No, I haven't. I, no, I, I only vaguely knew it existed. I've seen clips of it, like there's been YouTube documentaries about it. I've watched. I'm guessing the Grizzle family looks... on Well, uh, Clark isn't in it. No, his cousin Eddie Chilly. and his wife are the same. And like I say, the original Audrey's in it. Mm. Um, other than that, there's no other characters in it. Um, it looks horrible and cheap. Mm. Like, by, I've not seen it, but by all accounts, Vegas Vacation looked like a TV movie compared to the others. This looks like subpar TV movie. I don't know why I never watched Vegas Vacation. It's just I've never been able to bring myself to watch it. Everybody said it was dreadful. Yeah, so I, just, I don't think it's dreadful. It's, it's, it's just, entertaining. I just never took the plunge on it. Yeah. The best bit, I'm going to spoil a bit for you because I think some of my favourite bits is where uh, Rusty tries to find the fake ID. So Christy Brinkley, because she's in Vegas Vacation as well. Oh, okay. Oh, I think it's an aunt in the original one, not a grandmother. Oh, okay. I need to rewatch all the films. I'm going to try and get that done at some point. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, would you have liked to have seen another Christmas vacation with the Griswold? No, I don't think so. I think... Because this, this one's weird yeah. compared to the rest of the vacation movies because they don't actually go on vacation. I'm guessing it's Christmas vacation as in the season. Yeah, but they stay home. Christmas vacation yeah. period. Um because I know well, that's a, a problem. That... It comes in one of my favourite bits when he's gone mad at the end. He's got the chainsaw and the the the, the, the this banister is oh, loose. The bit at the top of the stairs. The bit at the top of the stairs. He just chops it off. Yeah, you got to fix that though. That's that's, yeah. that's not a permanent solution. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I say, this one's weird in that they don't actually go on vacation. It's a stay-at-home vacation. Um, I yeah, I I because I don't think anybody considers. Cousin Eddie's Island, a part of the series. Everybody ignores it. Um, it's never. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that existed either. That's the vacation too. Christmas vacation too. Oh, Cousin, I see Cousin Eddie's Island. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They never include it in the box sets or anything. Yeah. And they put Vegas vacation in. So. <laughs> um. But yeah, and then obviously we had the vacation remake sequel. With a grown-up Rusty. Yeah, which I quite like. It's quite good fun. Uh, it's a little bit. only seen it the once. I possibly need to see mm. it again. I didn't like it that much. I thought it was fine, but like most comedies of that era, they just too fucking long. Yeah. Um, it, it's good once they get to Clark and Ellen. There's something weird about seeing Clark and Ellen as the grandparents kind of thing. Yeah. And of course, the original car makes an appearance, doesn't it? Yeah. But I am, um, yeah, I like that them existing in that time period. Yeah. It's it's that weird thing with legacy sequels sometimes. Like sometimes you don't want to see them as old people. Mm. Not to say they're old, but you know, or older people. Yeah. Let's, let's be diplomatic. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it sort of takes it out of it a little bit for me. Um, yeah. I mean, any sort of overall thoughts, final thoughts on the film? Like I say, it's 
a Christmas classic at this point for us, certainly for our generation. Yeah, it's, I, I don't really get fed up with it. Um, it's a film I don't think, if I if I were Princess Slap, my nephew many down to watch it, they wouldn't really get it. They'd be a bit bored, I think. Um, yeah, uh, it's I'll, I'll continue to watch it. It's definitely a good tradition for me. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly the same. Like I say, it's... Although Jack yeah. likes it. Yeah. He's uh, into it, but then he's really getting into his 80s movies. He's into like Back to the Future and um, Ghostbusters. Ferris Bueller and Ghostbusters and all mm. that stuff. For years, he wouldn't watch films because they bored the shit out of him. Now he's finally sort of getting into them. I guess he sort <laughs> of hit that age. Yeah. Um, where he's finally getting into films and music sort of thing. But no, I think, like I say, I. I think as a film, looking at it as a film, it's not a great mm. film from that sort of level. But just as a warm sort of comfort Christmas blanket kind of film, yeah. Which is, let's face it, Christmas films don't have to be good. They don't mm. have to be hallmark sentimental shit. But you know, the general Christmas classics, with the exceptions of like It's Wonderful Life and all that, that have got the they've got the legacy of being from the golden era of Hollywood kind of thing. Because yeah. this wonderful life is sentimental. But, you know. yeah. I've never seen it. Really? Even as a Red Dwarf fan? Yeah, no, no, I've never seen it. To be fair, I had never seen it properly all the way through until last Christmas when I had COVID and I was stuck at home and I just watched a load mm. of Christmas movies I'd never got around to watching. <laughs> um, it is a wonderful movie. Um, there's lots of Christmas ones I've never watched because of... Yeah. Just the age I was when they came out. I've never seen Miracle on 34th Street, any of them. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's um, because you think the year after this, we had Home Alone was the big Christmas movie. Mm. And, and the year after this, of course, it was shit. 1990. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was a very different, nice big house. <laughs> a lot, a lot more murderous violence. <laughs> Um, so sort of but yeah you don't really get modern classic Christmas movies you get Christmas movies mm. but nothing that seems to but then will they in like you know 10-20 years time be the classics will there be somebody being like Christmas Chronicles is an absolute fucking banger yeah so or, okay what Christmas do you say or... what do you say was the last classic Christmas movie Elf probably Elf yeah or um, Arthur Christmas is quite good. Arthur Christmas is good, but it's not one I'm ever like, ooh, I'm watching yeah. Arthur Christmas this year. I've got it, and I like it, but it's not one that I'm ever... I like it when it's mm. on, but it's not one I ever actively seek out kind of thing. It's weird. You know there's films yeah. you enjoy, but you're like, I'll watch it if it's on telly, but I'm yeah. not actually going to bother to go and get the disc off the shelf. And... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Say, unless it's on streaming or something, so it's easy to get. I'm so fucking lazy now. It's like, oh, the DVD's all the way over there. Let's see if it's on a streaming service. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Christmas movies are difficult to do. You either get, like I say, the Hallmark made-for-TV ones that are always about a single girl who's either massively into Christmas or not into Christmas, who falls in love with a stranger at Christmas, or a lost love, or whatever. Those old, I'd love to write one of those, just as a fucking... Mm. <laughs> just as like a little writing experiment. So I bet they're fucking a lot harder to write than you think they are, even though oh, they're yeah. 
<laughs> it's like you know if you've ever sat and watched five minutes of christmas 24 that seems to start in september every year <laughs> shitty christmas movies 24 yeah. hours a day um but no this one like i say it's weirdly non-commercial christmas movie it's kind of timeless in that way in that you don't have the tech of the day and all that sort of thing it's not about mm. getting a game boy advance whatever the yeah absolutely sega master system or whatever the it big... is about family yeah, yeah. like I say because you don't have the christmas opening scene you don't even have the kids for open the presents kind of scene no no you don't the closest you get to the kids touching the presents is when aunt bethany brings the cat in the box and the jello in a box yeah <laughs> and they shake it yeah and it looks like half the christmas presents get torched under the tree anyways <laughs> yeah absolutely so it looks like they're not having much to open on Christmas Eve anyway. I suppose the biggest commercialism thing of it is in getting the money to do the pool, getting his Christmas yeah. bonus. Um, but yeah, it's not about people getting presents kind of thing, which is no, nice. Not at all. Although I, I do think about Christmas without presents. I'm like, yeah, just like any other day in it. Just watch shit on telly you wouldn't normally watch. <laughs> and eat too much. <laughs> You're just like, why am I yeah. watching blankety fucking blank? It's like, because it's on and there's fuck all else on. <laughs> Like, well, yeah. We could put a film on. It's like, yeah, but it's not Christmas, is it? <laughs> Why are we watching the two Ronnies? <laughs> you should always watch the two Ronnies. <laughs> that is true. Fucking love the two Ronnies. But yeah, <laughs> awesome. I think we sort of covered everything okay, on that. Nailed it. Um, yeah, unless there's anything you want to add. Um, no, I don't think so. I think we basically pretty much covered it. I was kind of hoping we would... Hang on. Let's find out how long this movie is. I've got left on it. Like Ninety-eight minutes. Yeah, I haven't got that long to watch. But how much have I got? Well, we uh, still got we still got to talk about like you know, go on, yeah, we'll be looking out for online and all that sort of thing. Um, well, the, the, um, cousin Eddie has just bought um, a great Clark's boss round, so we're near the end. <laughs> I love that bit with cousin Eddie, where he's like, "You're going to kiss some ass now," and Brian Dorman was like, "Yeah." Again, Brandon Murray's great in that small little bit. Um, he pops he up in a couple great. of the others as different characters, doesn't he? He's in the original one as well. Yes, um, he is, absolutely. He's the, is he the guy who's... No, it's Eugene Levy who sells in the car, isn't it? Yeah, he's part ranger, something like that. I can't remember mm. exactly where. Um, I'm sort of briefly going back to sequels. Part of me would like to see like a National Lampoon's reunion vacation. Hmm. It'd be great if they got Anthony Michael Hall back as Rusty from the yeah, original. You know, bring back the original Audrey. It'd be great if they could work out all work in all the actors that have played the kids. Mm. But because um, I think in European Vacation, it's the guy from Night of the Creeps. It's Rusty in that one. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, it'd be great if they could work them all in as like distant cousins or something. So you could have that yeah. full cast reunion kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, I don't know what the story would be. It'd just be purely for my own nostalgia, just a National Lampoon's <laughs> reunion vacation. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. people would watch it as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know, I know people have issues with Chevy Chase as a person, but yeah. he was a fucking genius at what he did. He does. It's like even on like community, he was great until they just made him such a hateful character. Because mm. I've I will freely admit that a part a huge part of me starting to watch community was because it had Chevy Chase in it. 
Mm. But no, you're right. They really did. He was nasty at the end. He was, you know. Oh yeah, you but, wanted him gone. <laughs> yeah, he was. He's racist. He was everything he could be. He was he racist? He was. It was the episode with the. Forgive the term, the fat guy, the fat kid. Yeah, and he was trying to make him commit suicide. Yeah, and it's just fucking horrible. It's mean. Mm. It's nasty. I mean that I've said it before on other pods. That's my big problem with modern comedy is that there's a very nasty edge to it that you don't, you didn't really seem to get at the time. It was anything that was. I mean, you know, there's stuff you can look back on in eighties and nineties comedies now and be like, "That's not cool anymore." Mm. It's like, yeah, but it wasn't <laughs> done in a mean way. It was done in a, it's misguided, yeah. but it was done in a playful way rather than a. There's always a character, isn't there? It's like one of the character tropes. There's always a character that's hated for no real reason. Yeah. Um, like in the, as you know, I, you know, I'm a big um, American Office fan. There's a character in there who's like the HR guy, and he's hated for no reason. He's not a nasty bloke, but there's one bit in it. Uh, I, it's one out of the entire series. It's one of my most disliked bits, where Michael Scott's character, Michael Scott, which is Steve Carell's character, um, he's he's in the court case, and the HR the guy's there, Toby's there. And Toby sits down to kind of comfort him and goes through everything and says, look, I know what's going on. Uh, you know, I went through a similar thing when I got divorced. I just want you to know that I know what you're going through. And he doesn't say anything. All Steve Carell's character does is push Toby's plate off the table and the plate smashes on the floor. And then he stands up and walks off. And it's one of those bits when you think, that that's horrible. There's no reason for that, you know? yeah. It's a really weird bit. Well, no, because even in this, I mean, as much as I dislike Cousin Eddie, he is a kind of lovable character at the end, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I he love is. the whole, you know, his heart's bigger than his head. Oh, thanks. That's really nice of you to say. <laughs> it's like he's fucking annoying and I could quite happily not have him in the film, but at the same time, yeah. he's, he's not... You don't hate him. Hey, Griswold. Where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? Bend over and I'll show you. You've got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. But yeah, I mean, like I say, I think we've sort of done National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So what what have you got coming up that people can look forward to? You mentioned it at the top. Um, robot Sketchbook 4? There'll be a Robot Sketchbook 4 if I get my ass. Have I got three? Have that... you printed three? Three was the small, it was the A5 one. Have I got one of those? Oh, if not, I've got hundreds. <laughs> you can have one. Um, <laughs> We've all got hundreds. It's like <laughs> Jack brought some of his friends around yesterday. Was like, your comics in here? Were they in the shed? I was like, I've got like my copies in here. And I gave him a hello to Jason Isaacs. So he took it into his mate and he was like, yeah, you can have that. I was like, well, you didn't fucking ask me, but fine, whatever. Was like, oh, I can go get it back then. I was like, no, you're giving it to him now. And I was like, plus I've got hundreds in the shed. So. <laughs> Yeah, we, we always print off far too many it's like when I did BAM I took so much stuff with me that I did not need to take but it had been so long since I'd done a con I got so very excited I just took everything <laughs> I looked like a right yeah. fan Tony was like did you bring enough shit with you <laughs> I was like I got carried away leave me alone <laughs> I never asked you how BAM was did I did I, I can't remember yeah you did you messaged me because you'd gone on holiday that was it yeah yeah because Kat's still not forgiving you for her having to go in your place <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all that's going on with me. Just mm. plodding along and 
That's cool. Um, You're going to get back on the con circuit next year, or? Yeah, I plan to. I do plan to. I've got some new bits and pieces that I can that I, I can start selling, like um, like badges and um, other bits. I can't really remember. Some new prints. Pin some badges or prints. enamel badges or. Uh, so all badges and the enamel badges as well. Oh yeah, I need to get an enamel badge off you. Yeah. I want one of those. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of yeah, I'm just plodding on. Yeah. Sucking myself into uh, I I'm finding uh as I said, I I'm beginning to find art therapeutic again, which is good. Because now I'm beginning to I've realised now, oh it's it's nice kind of getting commissions and stuff but you can't beat draw for yourself yeah and it's made me realize how much i love that you know yeah i, I go through ebbs and flows at the moment. i'm back on the comic again at the minute i've done but mm. i seem to do a page i've also realized that i didn't like the design of the clothes that the female character in my comments wear and i don't like the collar so i'm going back and changing that yeah and she had like a roll down collar and now i want to give it more of a oriental sort of mm-hmm. dress type collar so I'm going back through and changing all those on the wrong Which layer in some cases. So. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, it'd be a bastard if it was. <laughs> but I'm like 25 pages into that. I'm not sure how many pages oh, it's going to be because I'm writing as I go. Yeah. I just take my have, time. Have you got an it. ending? Have you got an ending in your head? Yeah, I know it ends. Mm. Uh, I know it. I sort of. I don't write it as a script because I'm doing it for me. I just write it as dialogue. Mm. And then I just take the dialogue and work it out in that way. Mm. It's part of me wants to do something from somebody else's script just so I can see how they script a comic. Mm. But like I say, because I do it for me, I can just scribble freehand out conversations and then work out how I'm gonna. Mm. I sort of roughly thumbnail them a little bit, but most of the time I just go straight into drawing it and see how the page develops from there. Which you know may come back to bite me in the ass at the end, but. Yeah. But yeah, no, I've got an idea. So but um so where can people find you online? Obviously I'll put all the links in the show notes, but nobody ever checks. Of course. If you say them out loud. Uh so Instagram I am I am Zoot Artist, I think. Or am I the real Zoot? I can never fucking remember this. Yeah, um, I am Zoot on your Zoot bot on Twitter. Yeah. I am Zoot on Facebook, I wanna say, Real Zoot on Instagram. I, I think if wrong. you Google I am Zoot Artist, you'll find me. Yeah. I've also, but my website is www.iamzoot.co.uk. Cool. And there's a link um, there from the nerds.com, only nerds.com as well. Yeah. At the top. And, uh, and yeah, you'll find me. I'm cool. there somewhere. Well, like I say, I'll put all the links in the show notes. So, um, but yeah, no, cheers for that. And uh, as this is a Christmas one, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, obviously, I'll see you before Christmas. But of course. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> squeeze my white fat ass down your chimney. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Cheers right. for that. And uh, yeah, from the uh, jolliest bunch of assholes in this side of the nuthouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, cheers for that. I, I, quite, I yep. really enjoyed watching it again today. It was quite a nice mm. distraction kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, awesome. Cheers, man. Have a good Christmas. Uh, Cheers. Goodbye. See ya.
Merry Christmas, honey. Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and why not? I'd like to thank Andy for joining me on the episode to talk about the film. Be sure to check out his art on his IMZoo pages, I'll put all the links in the show notes. One thing I forgot to mention in the episode is that I love the last line of the film, in which Clark declares to himself, I did it. It's a wonderful moment of quiet and arguably misguided triumph that, despite everything going horribly wrong, he managed to pull off the big family Christmas he'd always dreamed of. We put a shout out on the socials for your thoughts and memories on seeing the film, and we had a few replies. Friend of the show, Helena Edwardson, of Art92 fame, said, Oh, I love, love that film. It's a staple every year, but we watch the DVD as they dub it on TV before 9pm. Another friend of the show, Ross Beamer, said that sled sequence is the most jointly exciting and terrifying scene of the whole film. Since I was 10, I can't get on a toboggan without thinking of this scene. And always watch out for Walmarts. Sound advice. The National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is, at the time of recording, available on DVD and Blu-ray, either on its own or as part of the Vacation Collection, or on a 4K disc. It's also available on Sky Movies now, or to purchase or rent digitally from Amazon or YouTube. If you enjoyed this episode and be bothered to do so, please give the episode a share and tell your friends about it. And why not give the series a follow or subscribe over on Acast, or wherever you listen to our episodes. If you're feeling super generous, we'd be grateful of a rating. If you have a second or two to spare, I mean, you don't have to. We're just great for you listened at all. If you missed any Am Why Not episodes so far, you can find them on our podcast channel over on Acast, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or on our website at hauntednerds.com. And if you aren't already, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. And why not join the Am Why Not group over on Facebook? Not only will we be kept up to date with what episodes are coming up and have the chance to contribute to them, but we also post our picks of three great movies to check out each week on Freeview TV. If you fancy joining us, just search And Why Not Pod on social media or check the links in the show notes. In the meantime, we'll be back next Tuesday, the 27th of December, with my Films of the Year show, in which I'll pick my 10 favourite films of 2022. But until then, this has been a Nerds of Wonders Themselves production, and I've been Stuart Moraine. I want to wrap things up a little differently this episode, because I know that this time of year especially can be tough for people whether you're on your own or surrounded by other people. And whether you need to hear it or not, you're awesome, you are loved, and you are important. So please, take care of yourself, reach out to people if you need help or someone to talk to, and however you choose to spend it, I wish you a Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Beautiful. God. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse.
You're goofy. Don't piss me off, Art. 